Hello, everybody. I think it's episode 349. It is Tuesday, September 29th, getting ready for the presidential debate. We've got some uh, a Bible story. We've got a letter from Grandma. There's a lot going on. Belinda's not here today, so it's solo, just me. Spoiler alert. And uh, I hope that you enjoy it. So here we go. Oh, boy. I think I'm on. Just trying to figure out. Oh, there's a thing. I learned a new trick. Ah, oh, how about that? How about that? Now I've got it so you can read it. I think I've got it so you can read it. And the Mevo is out, but I've figured out how to flip it around um, and orient it so that it looks like it looks when we do have the Mevo usually. And I can't see if anybody's commenting yet because I don't know all of the things that I, oh, there, here we go. People are reporting in. Jen's here. Julie's here. This is good. I'm going to also see if I can bring it up on the other computer thing. This, this is going to, this is, this is just, uh, my, my whole world changed when I looked up how to flip the image around the right way on the, um, camera camera. So we've, we've circumvented the necessity of the Mevo. Anyway, Oh, Julie, you were worried. Yes, I was worried too. Things were, first of all, Belinda was here and then she left the house to go to the beach with her friend Jamie, which is a Tuesday thing that she does. And uh, anyway, this is no time for pants. You're absolutely right. Keys, Rachel, welcome aboard. See Kevin, how are you? Uh, Joan, greetings. I think, let me see if I can get this all. Oh boy, now it's, everybody's checking in here. Amy, Detroit, Betsy, hello, Jeff, hello, Don, I am on, Dana, good to see you, you're working lately, huh? Uh, uh, you're on the air with the People Fair, well, Don, I think that sounds Shakespearean a little bit, Christopher, good to see you, David, welcome aboard, uh, okay, Flavia, greetings to you in Washington. Keys, you're saying my head is so huge. Uh, yeah, I can, I suppose, with, there's a different lens on the, um, on the Wachajiggy on the uh, phone than there is on the Mevo. And so it backs up. Hello, Wanda Johansson. Wanda Johansson. Wow, that's a nice surprise. Someone with the same name. Oh, Christopher's saying it's a tighter shot, but the quality seems better. Yeah, the iPhone camera, this Mevo is supposed to be a super high-quality camera, but you're not the first person to suggest that the quality is better on the selfie cam on the iPhone, which is a bit which is a bit, a bit confusing. Um, wow, it's saying Richard Chooch is, is watching Bring Them On Camera. I don't, I don't know how to do that, uh, but that's, that's freaky. Uh, that's a freaky idea. Um, maybe someday we can all come on camera, uh, together. Someone can come on camera. This is, that's, that's been a dream of mine for a while. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Jen, you think it's better quality too? Yeah, I like it. The only, the, the downside of this is it is not also appearing on Periscope and YouTube, but the upside of that is, look, I don't, uh, there's not that many people are watching live on YouTube, and there are some that watch live on Periscope. But uh, when me was when me was out, nobody's happy. Um, so we've got our Bible story today. <laughs> we've got our Bible story. Uh, pictures like HD. Don says, "Well, that's nice." 
Uh, Laura, hello. Too cold in rainy Georgia. It's hot here. It's getting a little bit warmer here in California. Belinda's down at the beach, like I said. Um, so I had an exercise earlier today. I thought about going to the beach with Belinda, but uh, ruled it out. Ruled it out. Decided I think I'll I think I'll stay home and just relax a little bit. Um, Oh boy, somebody says they're watching, says watching old videos of me, and since you keep everything, wanted to know if you still had your brown pinstriped suit. Um, I don't think I do have a brown pinstriped suit. No, I've let that go. Um, <clears throat> oh, my nose hairs. Yeah, I'm really trying to stay on top of the nose hairs, but you know what? Uh, it's... <laughs> It's not always an easy task. I did get, after my, after my uh, little tour with uh, Russell Peters, uh, we, we went to a couple of Greek-Turkish-type barbers where they did this thing where they put wax in your nose and yank out the nose hairs, and I bought my own little wax, hot wax pot that I can <laughs> heat up some Q-tips, put them in my nose, and pull all the nose hairs out. But that's like a once every few months. I, I'm not up for that too often. Believe me, it's you have to let, let enough time go by that you've forgotten how horrible that is <laughs> before the next time you do it. Um, is the background more in focus than the subject? That could be because uh, this one doesn't always... It, it's got its own... I think I just told it to focus on my face, but who hell, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, it's much clearer. I'm a male. Yes, I am a male of the species, Damien. That's correct. So uh, today's Bible story is Jep Jephthah's daughter, Jeff Jephthah, J-E-P-H-T-H-A-H, um, Jephthah. And uh, I don't know about you, but I misidentified Jephthah gender-wise. I thought that was going to be a lady, but it's not. It's a man. Um, Jephthah was the son of Gilead, but he did not share the same mother as his brothers. They resented him and eventually turned him out of the house, telling him he was not wor not a worthy member of the family. Ugh. Knowing he would not be allowed to stay near them, Jephthah went to live in the land of Tob. <laughs> I, just, I just love these plates. I love how they just put this in the Bible, the land of Tob. Oh, yes, of course. Well, moved out of where he was and moved to the land of Tob. I don't know where that is, but it's not where he was. I can tell you that much. Time passed, and the Ammonites declared war on the children of Israel. Now, these Ammonites... Um, it turns out on a sidebar, I was able to find out that the Ammonites were descended from Lot, who you may remember was, uh, his wife was turned into a pillar of salt. So the Israelites, um, normally would, uh, tolerate the Ammonites, but the Ammonites got uppity and they declare war on the children of Israel. Having heard of his courage and skill as a soldier, the Israelites went to Jephthah in Tob and asked him to return. They begged him to be their general and lead them in battle against the enemy Ammonites. Okay, now this, I feel like the Israelites could have stepped in with Jephthah and his family. I mean, he's such a great soldier. They just let him move away like, ah, well, we don't need a guy like that. His brothers don't like him. Let's let him, uh, let's let him, let's let him go. Uh, so Jephthah, they say, come back and be, be our general. Not just, not just a soldier. Come back and be our general. And uh, Jephthah says, uh, but I was turned away from my home, said Jephthah. Uh, why do you come to me? I'm no longer one of you. Eventually, however, which is a good point. They threw me, you threw me out. You took me out with the trash. And uh, now, now you want me back. 
But eventually, however, they persuaded him, and he agreed to go back as commander of the army. First, he sent a message to the Ammonite king, demanding that he withdraw his troops from Canaan. Uh, so this is, a, this is a great move. I, I, I would have thought they could have done this before they went out to get Jephthah. I mean, you, you'd have thought that would have been his first question. Hey, can you come back and lead our troops against the Ammonites? He might have said, have you asked them to just withdraw? <laughs> so he, he goes, he, this is like when you call tech support and they go, is it plugged in? <laughs> so he asks the Ammonites to withdraw from Can- Canaan, but uh, they refuse. Surprise, <laughs> they're invading. <laughs> so then Jephthah played, prayed to the Lord. He goes right to the Lord. Oh God, if you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will sacrifice to you whatever I first see on reaching home. Mm. This is a bit of a spoiler alert, because we already know the title of this uh, story is Jephthah's daughter. So Jephthah, he's a great general, but his first move is to promise God that he'll sacrifice whatever he sees first when he gets home. Instead of saying, like, look, God, I may not need your help. If I can defeat these guys on my own, that would be great. Um, but uh, please answer your phone over the next couple of days, because I might be in trouble with these Ammonites. But that's not what he says. He promises that he will sacrifice anything the first thing he sees when he gets home. Okay? So then Jephthah arrives home. Well, no, first. With Jephthah as their leader, the Israelites easily defeat the enemy. Many Ammonites were killed, and the rest ran for their lives. Now, this could be because God stepped in, and no doubt that's what God would say. But uh, we do know that Jephthah was a great soldier. Anyway, so Jephthah arrived home. Uh, where his only child, his daughter, came running out of the house to greet him. She was brightly dressed and danced around him, laughing and shaking her timbrel, which is like a drum thing. But her father tore his clothes in grief and covered his face in his hands and sobbed. (laughs) This is not in the book. Why didn't your mother come out to say hello first? No, he didn't say that. Um, he goes, oh, oh, my beautiful daughter, I've made a promise to God. I cannot go back on my word. But if I keep it, you, my daughter, will die. So he's really breaking it down for his daughter. And you would think that uh, he might have said, look, I'm going to go uh, to fight the Ammonites. And when I come back, this is super important. Um, when I come back, send the dog out first. <laughs> But that's not what he does. Jephthah, he's a, he's a great general, but he really blew this homecoming party. Um, so uh, the, his daughter says, you must keep your promise, she said. The Lord has given you victory over the enemy, and it's right that you fulfill your side of the bargain. But let me have a few weeks to prepare for what is to come. So for two months, she wandered the mountains with her friends and wept for the life that she was about to leave. Then she returned to her father, and he sacrificed her according to the vow he had made. (laughs) That's the end. Night-night, kids. Sleep tight. Yeah, uh, he killed his daughter, but she was cool with it because he did make a promise, a foolish promise. So let's let's all be super careful when we're promising uh, God what we're going to do if he answers our prayers. And, for example, this is an easy one here. This is low-hanging fruit. We've all made the promise, God... If you just get me through this night, I will never drink again. Um, and in my opinion, uh, more, more, more often than not, that's a lie. And so you want to be careful with that. But whatever you do, 
don't promise to sacrifice the first thing you see when you come home from the road, unless you've already told your wife to send the dog out first, or maybe even buy a special uh, dog for for this purpose. <laughs> I don't know. That's This, is, this show's going to get me in trouble with Peter right now. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, where are we? Better than what Joseph's brothers did to him. Yeah, well, that's another story, isn't it? Uh, oh, you're going to finish watching the new Fargo tonight, Keys. Well, Belinda and I finally embarked on our journey of the first season of Fargo. Um, and uh, who knew that Frodo was going to be running the show in the first season? But uh, we really, we got, uh, I think, two and a half hours, two and a half episodes in, and we're really loving uh, the first season of Fargo. Yes, uh, Jen, I know you're asking Keys, but yes, I'm going to watch the debate. Um, uh, I hope it ends in a slap fest, Keys says. Uh, I, yeah, I think that that might be a good idea. If uh, It's going to be a train wreck. Whether it's going to be the train wreck we want to see or not, who knows? Um, yeah, you never want to go outside to greet people when they're coming home. Exactly. Um, Betsy sh- said he should have sacrificed his brothers. Good one. Uh, 45% of those polled say Trump won the first debate. 55% knew the debate hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Dana, uh, you took uh, some valuable time off work to weigh in with that one. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, All right. So what what have I got here? Um, So this batshit stuff was here from the beginning. Yeah, I think so. Bilbo, not Frodo. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, Christopher, good point. Bilbo, not Frodo. Um, uh, my mistake, but uh, we don't always have time to... Um, uh, uh, what do they call it when they do the debates? Uh, truth check? We don't, have, we don't have time to truth check everything. Uh, it's not truth checking. Fact check everything. All right. Um, yeah, the debate is a good reason to drink. I suggest... Uh, <laughs> I suggest you, we, we can all pick out something. What are we going to drink? When someone says what during the debate, what are we going to drink? When someone says um, health care, if you drink every time they say Americans, it's going to be trouble. Uh, but uh, it could be health care. It could be, um, <laughs> could be those people. Um, yeah, Jen's asking the same question. What are the debate drinking worms? Fact check. Fact check could be a debate drinking term, actually. I know you were just answering my question. Um, Dana says his nephew in Maryland has COVID-19. He seems to be recovering. Yeah, the problem is now you just don't know. Uh, puppet? You think puppet, puppet's a good drinking word? Uh, I don't think Trump is going to say puppet, but I think Joe Biden might say puppet. Um, uh, yeah, bankrupt is, a, bankrupt is a good drinking word. Um Tremendous is a good drinking word. COVID, ooh, yeah, that one's going to come up. Best in the world, good drinking word. I would say let's just, uh, let's drink every time Trump says tremendous, but then also, <laughs> just just for safety, <laughs> let's take a drink every 15 minutes. All right? Um, fake news, also a good one. I've got a letter from Grandma. We don't, we don't have to jump right into this right now, uh, but uh, <laughs> Comrade Ouija, yeah, like that. I don't think anybody's going to say comrade in the debate. Taxes, that is a good one. Tax, taxes, any tax, tax, taxes, um, any of that is good. Deduction, any, all those tax words, those are good. Um, 
It's only second Monday, no drinking games. David, don't be absurd. Uh, drinking games are appropriate any day of the week during Varinus. Um, all right. Uh, we would be passed out before the first commercial. Yeah, well, you got to be careful. Don't, you don't, you don't have to uh, don Russia or Bigley. We've all got, these are some great, these are some great choices. I like crime, taxes, Sleepy Joe is a good one. Um, I expect that Joe's going to call Trump a cheater or something, maybe. Um, all right, what do we got? Dana, impeach. I like that. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, we don't need people passing out halfway through. Um, yeah, it is always time for drinking games. All right, perfect genius. Yeah, that's a good one. Every time Trump refers to how smart he is, that's that's a good time to take a drink. $750. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely, when they, when they say $750, you definitely have to drink. Okay, these are all great. I wish, I wish, I know there is a way for us to all watch the debate together, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can watch together in the, uh, in the group chat. That could be fun. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll open that up during the, uh, during the show. I'll get in there. <laughs> pussy. I don't think anybody's going to say pussy keys. All right. Um, it's time for a letter from Grandma. This is a letter from Grandma from 1981, December 1981. So I've only been in San Francisco since February. I've just been in San Francisco for 10 months. And this is my grandmother's style. This is the Christmas card. But this is from 1981. But I, they did have different Christmas cards. This was the Christmas card. Merry Christmas. Just some poinsettias on the front. And inside it says, Christmas, se Christmas, season of beauty and peace. May its beauty and peace be yours. Have a happy Christmas. Lots of love, Grandma. Um, so that's what she puts in there. And then she puts the date on there because it's a Christmas card, but she wants me to know that she sent it on December 17th, 1981. It's funny because the, d the date on the card is one day later than the date on the note. So she first, she wrote the letter on December 16th, and then she put it in the card on December, um, 17th. Um, here we go. We didn't get to see you Thanksgiving. I always thought interstate roads were kept up better than the than the one through Decorah, which is the one I had to, we had to take to go home from Iowa State to my house, um, or from my grandma's house to to their house. So I, I've come home from San Francisco, evidently, to see my parents, um, but we're not driving down at Thanksgiving. Uh, but after you and Pauline, that's my mom, went off the road from Ames. East almost to La Crosse, I guess you, I guess they can be bad. So one time my mom was taken, she came down to Ames to pick me up. I didn't have a car at college at the time. And we drove back to La Crosse together, which is like a five and a half hour drive. So she drove five and a half hours down there to pick me up. And then we're going five and a half hours back. And on the way back, I was driving and we went over this bridge and hit some black ice and we're fishtailing back and forth. We spun completely around a 360 and then, and then slid down the embankment and came to a stop right at the edge of the on-ramp to get back on the freeway. <laughs> we're, we're in the car just kind of like, ah, ah. it's me. I mean, I'm 20 years old and my mom's picked just, we're driving over from college. It's the two of us. We've just done a 360 on the internet, internet at 65 miles an hour and then slid sideways down this embankment, which, by the way, when we go off the road, we don't know if it's a 100-foot drop or what. So we go sliding sideways, come to stop right by the on-ramp. We're like, ah, 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 are you okay? Oh, okay. Are you okay? 
<laughs> this guy with a pickup truck and a winch pulls right up and goes, do you guys need a need help getting back on the road? He hooks up to the front of our car with the, he's got some way to hook up, pulls us over the little bump, gets us on the on-ramp, and we just <laughs> keep going. We just go. We weren't off the road for even 20 minutes before we're back on the road kind of driving along completely freaked out that we'd slid off the road. People are weighing in where they were in 1981. Uh, graduated high school that year, Julie. <laughs> Rich was five years old. Oh, Rich. So nice to have some young fans <laughs> here at the show. I know probably you probably don't feel young to you, but when I hear you say that, you, you seem young to me, and I think it's uh, so just be happy that someone thinks you're young. Um, all righty, here we go. Um, yeah, it was a hair-raising one, Flavia. So, so... Uh, so that's probably why we didn't drive down to see my grandparents that year. Um, I missed it, but the weather seemed so unpredictable. Your mother told me how nice it was to have you at home. And she's underlined, nice it was to have you at home. She's underlined that. With so many out of work, I'm wondering if you can find work in California. I noticed some college grads are starting to try for interviews now. And so this is <laughs> because I probably would have been graduating uh, within six months of now, if I hadn't dropped out. Dennis, uh, her neighbor who's my age, will be home December 9th. Jean, his mother, is anxious, and Dennis is too. Uh, the street houses are decorated. Uh, so pretty now. Dennis has one more semester at Decora. Charlotte, uh, my mom's sister, uh, my aunt, is worthy matron next year in Eastern Star and trying to get her officers and plan for the year. See, we're in election year, and Charlotte is one worthy matron for the year, so she's getting our officers going to plan for the year. I do not know whether we will see you at Christmas, but do be careful on these roads. <laughs> and now you know why she's telling us that. When you drive so late, I'm afraid you will go to sleep and have an accident. <laughs> have a nice Christmas. <laughs> Love, Grandma. <laughs> when you drive so late, I'm afraid you will go to sleep and have an accident. And that's a valid fear. But uh, so far, so good. It's been f almost 41 years since she wrote that and uh, made it fine. Then there's a little note from Charlotte on the back of the card. Do you get some days off at Christmas? If so, when do you plan to go home? <laughs> Hope all is well with you. Love, Charlotte. So that's quite nice. Do I remember what kind of car it was? Uh, Rachel says, I remember I ended up swerving facing oncoming traffic once on the highway in a rental car, and it was the scariest thing. This was not a rental car, Rachel. This was our family car, and I'm pretty sure at that time um, that my mom was driving a Buick. I think it was a Buick Electra, <laughs> because uh, we got it like that. Buick Electra, boom. Um, anyway, Flavia says, I'm not, I'm not going to say how old I was in 81. I like to pretend I'm younger than I am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me, me too, Flavia. I like to pretend I don't know how old I am when I wake up in the morning, but it's hard because it friggin' hurts. Um, uh, Jen, that reminds me of Chris Farley and David Spade spinning out on the road in Tommy Boy. Yeah, it was like that. It was, it was, it was a completely insane. Um, it, it, it just happened so fast, and and to do a three sixty on the interstate is scary enough but <laughs> to be right back on the road driving again uh was crazy but we but we made it yeah um 
Chevy Chase and Vacation. Yes, these are all things that can happen. John Candy and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That, John Candy and Steve Martin, that's the one that I thought of. You know, I just watched that again, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, a couple years ago, Dana. And uh, <laughs> just a couple years ago. Uh, it could have only been one year ago, but it might have been three years ago. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it's still funny, but there's a lot of cursing in there. They dropped some F-bombs. Steve Martin dropped some F-bombs. Um, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was quite a, it was quite a movie. I did, I did like, he's just saying he drove a Buick LeSabre. It could have been a LeSabre too, but I think it was an Electra. Um, I'm going the wrong way. No. <laughs> First car was a LeSabre. I'm going to reach down here and get a little trivia because I think we've still got a little bit more time. Um, so, yeah, so Belinda and I are on to Fargo. Highly recommending that now. We watched the first couple episodes of Rake, and I think that is on Netflix. And it's an Australian show. He's, a, he's a kind of a screw-up lawyer, and it's, a, it's funny. It's, a, it's meant to be a drama, but they play it for laughs. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. So I'm, we're recommending Rake as well. Um, so is this really the next one that I have to read here? I think it is. Uh, on many, on the many collectors of glittering jewels down through the ages, Emperor Jangir, the noble ruler of India who died in 1627, is the most noted who ever lived. It's reported that he owned a total of 2,235,600 carats of pearls, 931,500 carats of emeralds, 376,600 carats of rubies, 279,450 carats of diamonds, and 186,300 carats of jade. Boy, they've got some pretty specific measurements of the amount of jewels that this uh, here has. Um, for his time, he was an enlightened monarch. During his reign, architecture masterpieces rose throughout India. One of the emperor's hobbies was fishing. But uh, Jong here never killed a fish he caught. Instead, he would place a string of pearls through the fish's gills and throw him back into the water. <laughs> That's interesting. So that pearl count, is does that include the ones that he threw back? I'm not sure. If nothing else, the man was extremely vain, for his name itself, Jang here, means con conqueror of the world. Well, in addition, he had other glorious titles, such as possessor of the planets, Mirror of the Glories of God, <laughs> King of Increasing Fortune. And if Trump says Possessor of the Planets, or Mirror of the Glories of God, or King of Increasing Fortune tonight at the debate, <laughs> we're all flying to a secret location, and we're going to party ourselves insane. Oh my God, I would love if he said Possessor of Planets. I don't know. So I'm the possessor of planets. I don't do a good Trump impression. I got to work on that. Um, wasn't sure if we were on today, Darren. Yeah. Well, it's every day at three o'clock. Weekdays. Weekdays at three o'clock. I'm trying not to miss. Um, yeah, it was the before time. That's for sure. When I watched tra planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, oh, Betsy, I will. I will add you to the group. I'll do that. 
when I get off here today. Today, I'm wearing a shirt that I got from the same place that I got the Jiu-Jitsu versus everybody. This is uh, Muhammad Ali's shirt, and it's from um, Super Rare, Super Rare Fight Shop. And uh, they've got some great, uh, great uh, t-shirts about boxing. They've got some great uh, Muhammad Ali and uh, uh, Bruce Lee uh, t-shirts. Who's on the black mug behind me? Well, you've got a lot of questions today. Which black mug are we talking about? Um, I have to look. I have to look at the screen and see if I can see the black mug behind me. And can I? Um, I don't think I can see a black mug. Oh, oh, no, I can't see it. Well, I have to get to the bottom of that some other time. Hopefully I won't need to learn a Trump impersonation. No, I was thinking I was very excited to work on my Biden. Very excited. Um, Uma says I'm not saying Jung here right. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. On the shelf, Jen says. Okay, well, I'm looking, I'm looking for a mug. But I, this is a mug, but that's a, it's not black. It's gray. Oh, who's that mug? That mug up there? That is Ernie K. Doe. And he is the guy who wrote uh, Mother-in-Law, the song Mother-in-Law. Um, he's a New Orleans legend. And uh, I got this after he died. I was lucky enough to see Ernie Cato play live several of his million-seller hits. And uh, he has a place called the Mother-in-Law Lounge, uh, named after his hit song. And it's in it's it's in a weird part of New Orleans under the overpass. Kermit Ruffins owns it now, so you can go to Kermit Ruffins' mother-in-law lounge. But it, that is formerly Ernie Cato's mother-in-law lounge. Highly encourage you to go there. It's in a part of town that people will tell you is dangerous and terrible, but uh, don't believe them. Go to Kermit's mother-in-law lounge, watch a football game on a Sunday afternoon, or just go see him play on some night. But anyway, Ernie Cato used to live there, and this so this mug is. Uh, February 11th, um, 1936 um, was when he was born, Ernie K. Doe, and he died July 5th, 2001. And so I was lucky enough to see him before he died. So <laughs> we went to the mother-in-law lounge after he passed away to pay our respects to to, uh, to his, uh, you know, children who still owned the place, and they had a kind of memorial there. And they were selling these mugs. So they had bought this mug. They wrote on the back. And then on the front, they had this picture. This is, this is just a, a, a photograph that they've cut out and then glued on to the mug. And uh, obviously, I bought this in 2001. And I haven't drank out of it because if you drink out of it, his, his face is going to come off. But uh, this was... Uh, <laughs> this is one of my prized possessions. Thank you for asking about it, Jen. Um, I, uh, I really, uh, I really do love this Ernie Cato. Um, he, he is, he is a one of a kind. He's one of a kind. It's too bad. If they give, if you get a time machine, you definitely got to go see him. Um, yes, Alan Toussaint wrote, wrote mother-in-law, but Ernie, it was Ernie's, it was Ernie's hit. Um, <laughs> Cajun seafood across Claiborne from from Ernie Cato's. Yeah, there's a lot of good places. There's a, there's a crazy wing place down the street from there that's got a bulletproof glass. You go into this room that you're in a bulletproof room and they're on the other side of this glass and you order your chicken wings and then you wait on the street for them to call your name and then go to a window on the side to pick it up. Um, 
Oh, I see. We got a Negroni recipe in the chat. That's great. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if the, the Negroni is going to be. Uh, is, I don't know if the Negroni is going to be the best drink to get you through the debates. But I wish you all luck. It is now uh, officially the end time of the show. I loved to love you guys today. I um, I wish you a happy Tuesday. I've got my um, seize the day. Did I mark off yesterday's? I think I, I think I did. And today's is from Steve Maraboli. And I think we've had one from him before, but I don't think this is the one. And so I'm happy to bring that here um, and do it today. Uh, today sees the day. A new day. Be open enough to see opportunities. Be wise enough to be grateful. Be courageous enough to be happy. And isn't that the truth? And let's try and remember that after we watch the debate, because it's going to be a train wreck. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be the train wreck we want to see or the other train wreck, but somebody it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a doozy. It's definitely, I'm not, I'm not usually looking forward to debates because they can be boring, but I don't think this, I think this one's going to be just kooky. So remember tomorrow when you wake up, it's a new day. Be open to see the opportunities, be wise enough to be grateful and be courageous enough to be happy. So let's all remember to be courageous enough to be happy in these times when we've got so many reasons to be pissed off or sad or depressed or, God forbid, suicidal. I know that some people are feeling that way, and I've got a friend who expressed that to me the other day, that he was feeling that way, and and, and I know I've had my, if I had my moments uh, in my life where I've felt that way. So uh, hang in there. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to go later. We'll be here tomorrow for hump day. Belinda will be back in the house. Uh, We're here all this week at 3 p.m. California time. Next week, I think we may be taking a couple days off on Tuesday and Wednesday to go on a little surf vacation, a little uh, Jerry Jerry love trip. Um, Still looking at campers. If anybody has any ideas for motorhomes or vans that we can look into. I think I'm looking for something more ready-made than a DIY project. Um, Join the chat and we can discuss it there. And I'll check the chat during the debate, see if anybody's in there making some comments. Um, Have a good night. Let's hope everything goes our way. We'll see you tomorrow. I don't even, I can't even remember which button to push. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy the debate, LOL. Yes, good one. Yes, enjoy the debate. I'm trying to get the doorbell to ring. Oh, there it is. I don't know why I couldn't get it to do that. Um, Happy Tuesday, everybody. We'll see you all tomorrow. Um, Stay strong. Take care of each other. Here you are. There you go. Don't give up. Yeah.